Welcome to Christian Life Assembly Online. We are so glad that you were able to join us. We hope you enjoy the message this week from Pastor Jim Poirier. For more information, please visit our website at www.clawinnipeg.org. Or if you have a prayer request, please email us at prayer at clawinnipeg.org. I want to open up uh, this morning's message with a little story about uh, a young man who was taking a load of corn into town, farm kid. And while he was uh, going around a corner, he tipped the wagon over. And uh, his neighbor was, come, was, was, was nearby, and he saw this accident take place. And he says, hey, Willis. He said, why don't you just leave the wagon for now? Come on over. We're going to have dinner, have a big meal, and uh, I'll come back and help you turn the thing over. And Willis says, you know, I don't think Paul would appreciate that. He says, I think he'd be real mad and upset with me. He said, Willis, don't worry about it. He said, you come on over. We'll put the feed bag on, and after supper, I'll come over and help you. We'll get this thing turned back up. And come on, Willis, let's go. So Willis says, well, I'll come, but I'm telling you right now, Pa's not going to be happy. So they go, and they have a meal, and sits there, and has some pie, and, and uh, some more pie, and, and Willis is just enjoying his time there, and the farmer's got a real pretty daughter, and so he's kind of dilly-daddling. He doesn't really, you know, he doesn't want to really get out there too fast. And finally, he says, okay, I better go. He says, I got to turn that wagon back up. And he says, but, but I'm, I'm telling you, my dad is going to be really mad. Farmer says, don't worry about it. He says, but by the way, he says, where's your dad? He says, well, he's under the wagon. <laughs> There are things we do that we should maybe do a little quicker, and sometimes we procrastinate. And I like this little saying. I don't know who said it, but it says, Procrastination is my sin. It brings me nothing but sorrow. I know that I should stop it. In fact, I will tomorrow. (laughs) And so I want to talk to you today about about, uh, how oftentimes we... We put things off that are kind of important. And have we got a picture here yet? There we go. In this picture, you'll see a table and chairs. And uh, it was, I don't know, about, it was a long time ago, Joanne and I were talking, and we had a, a, pub's, a pub height kitchen table. And we thought it was kind of a good idea, particularly when Joanne's mom was getting older and mobility was becoming more of an issue. It was easier for her to get... Uh, up and down from this pub height table and chairs. But we realized that we really didn't like the thing. It was just not that comfortable to sit at and just kind of play games or whatever. So we got talking. We thought, you know, we should go back to a regular table and chairs. So being a bargain hunter and a good faithful Winnipegger, I went on Kijiji and found a table with uh, two leaves and eight chairs. And so we went and bought it, got it home, looked at it and thought, well, it's not in as good a condition as we thought it would be. And it's kind of an ugly color uh, under this particular light. I said, no problem. I'll refinish it. So I stacked it up, put it in the corner of the garage, and uh, left it for a year, procrastinating. It was something I wanted to do, but couldn't get myself to do it. And so finally, uh, this last summer, a year later, I pulled it out and thought, I better get working on this crazy thing. Well, you know, there were some days it was too hot, and some days it was too cold, and some days I was too tired, and sometimes it was too, too humid. And I got to tell you, you look at that tabletop, that thing was refinished about three times. 
to correct mistakes. Finally, our son Todd was getting married, and he says, well, um, he was kind of hinting and, about the table and chairs, and he knew we were going to be replaced, and he says, what are you going to do with the old one? And we made the mistake of saying, well, do you want this one? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, that was 500 bucks out the door. <laughs> so we came home. We were away for a couple of days in December, and uh, our table and chairs was gone. He moved into his apartment, took the table of chairs. So we had a plastic table like what Joanne's sitting at the back there. She's there for sentimental reasons right now. All that to say that after a year and a half, finally got it done. And there it sits. So procrastination is something that um, is, is pretty real for our family. The other thing is underestimating time. I am of the mind that any home project should not take more than 10 minutes. And Joanne just rolls her eyes when I, I look at a project. And so I'll, she says, can you do this? Yeah, no problem. 10-minute job, no problem. The worst time I ever estimated a job to be 10 minutes was when we were changing our bathtub. I really honestly thought we could get the old bathtub out in about 10 minutes. Mark was a budding plumber. And um, there was this tile backsplash around the house. I didn't realize how well this house had been built. But it, was, it, had already, it had obviously been built in order to um, probably withstand a nuclear blast. So Mark is there, and I said, we're going to take the tub out this morning, put the new tub in. It should only take us 10 minutes to knock them tiles out and get the tub out. But what I didn't realize is that there was about an inch or two of concrete behind the tiles. Now, I made a mistake in the first service. And I said that I sat on the toilet and watched Mark do the work. I did sit upon the toilet as a seat. I used it as a chair, okay? And I watched Mark work. It was exhausting watching him do all that work. As he, as he knocked out like about three inches of concrete at a time, it took hours and hours of brutal watching. It was exhausting watching him do all that hard work. It was, I was so tired at the end of it. But I'll tell you, it was a lot more than 10 minutes, a lot more. It was like 10 hours or something like that. So procrastination is, is something that can also happen to us in the spiritual realm. And in James chapter, I think it's 122, it says, don't just you know, look at the word. Don't just read the Bible. But it says, read the Bible and do what it says. And I don't want anybody to put up your hand <laughs> But how many of you would be like me, where there's things in the Bible you've read, and you're like, I'll get around to that. Eventually, I'll change. Eventually, I'll do that. And we procrastinate, and we put things off that we ought not to put off. And so our text this morning is found in Luke chapter 4, verse 38. I said to you a few moments ago that I'm going to be talking about healing, and that's what I want to talk about today, and share some, I think, some really valuable principles for us. So Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. And now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. And so he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And she got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one of them, he healed them. And moreover, demons came out of people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them. And would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Messiah. 
And at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place, and the people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that's why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Good passage of scripture. We're working our way through Luke. And for those of you who are new, uh, what we do is in our life groups, we take today's message, and this is what we talk about, so that you can ask questions, you can learn, you can grow some more, and so we talk about, you'll be talking about this passage of scripture this week in your life group. So stuff we should do is what I'm talking about today. And the fact of the matter is, when, when we look at this particular situation, Jesus comes into the house, and, and here's uh, Peter's mother-in-law, and she's sick. Now, I don't know that it was Peter asking for his mother-in-law to be healed. I don't know that a lot of guys would do that. <laughs> Maybe you would. I had the kind of mother-in-law that I'd want to be healed, because I love my mother-in-law. So... Here's, here's G, or Peter's mother-in-law, and it says Jesus went in and he, he bent over. He didn't put it off. He didn't put it off. He went right to it and decided, I'm going I'm to make this woman well. Now, as we look at the scriptures, you look back at, at John chapter 14, verse 12. And it says, I tell you the truth, that Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, and he'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And so Jesus, we see in this passage in Luke, we see him performing miracles, but then he says, you're going to do greater things than what I've done. And you, you, know, you look at this passage of Scripture, he's casting out demons, he's healing the sick, he's performing miracles. You know the story of Jesus turning water into wine, raising the dead back to life, healing the blind. I mean, it's amazing some of the stuff he did. And he says, and you'll do even greater things than what I did. Interesting. So when we think about that, it really impresses on us the fact that we can we can live supernaturally. We can live naturally supernatural. And I think that when God looks at his church, he wants us to be living not just in the natural realm, but in the supernatural realm. And a lot of us can believe God for salvation, but we stop ourselves there and we don't believe him for the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. And we don't allow it to happen in our lives because a procrastination. Sometimes we put it off. We think, well, I'll get to it, or, or we're insecure about it. We're not sure about it. We don't know if God can actually do it, but God wants us to. So first thing I want to talk about today is to, uh, to pray for healing. Pray for healing. So as we look at, at verse 38, Jesus comes along here, and a little bit of background is, is Jesus had been in Nazareth, which was his hometown. And people are really receiving his teaching really well until he says a couple of things that really ticked them off. And then it says that they, they kind of took him out to the edge of town and they were going to gonna hurl him off a cliff. Now, I've had some bad Sundays, but I've never had a congregation take me to the edge of a cliff and say, okay, 
Jump. Let's see if you can fly. Uh, never had a day that bad. There might be days I felt like it, but nobody's ever taken me there. And that's exactly where they took Jesus. They were going you know, to throw him off a cliff. They were so ticked. And so Jesus is, is saying to them, look, you know, I'm a hometown boy, and hometown boys, people don't listen to, they don't receive from. He's, so he, he, he moves on, and he ends up traveling about 50 kilometers or so from Nazareth to Capernaum, which Capernaum is right on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. It probably would have been a little fishing town, but a beautiful place in a, in a beautiful setting. And that's when he is taken into Peter's home, or where his mother-in-law is, and is told that she's sick. So Jesus says, you're going to do greater things. And I want us to look at one simple aspect today on the topic of healing. Now, I want to be really careful and clear on something, that this is one aspect of healing I've given you today, one principle of healing today. There is so much more that we could learn about healing, so much more than I can deal with in one sermon. But I want you to take your Bibles and look at Mark chapter 11, verse 24, and we're going to just pause there and look at some teaching from that passage of Scripture. It says, Therefore, I tell you whatever you ask, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So as we look at this passage of Scripture, there's a few things that I want to point out. The first one is is Jesus is saying, whatever, whatever you ask for, whatever you desire, whatever you want, whatever your need is, whatever you ask for in prayer, we pray, we believe, and we should have them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for, Whatever you ask, whatever that desires, whatever that need is, in prayer, believe, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So we receive. What I'm wanting to get across here today is this. We need to articulate our desires to God. So often, we're a little bit vague in our prayer requests. We're sometimes a little bit vague in praying specifics for specific things. So here's what I mean by that, is we get on our knees and we pray, oh God, please bless my life. Or, oh God, I'm really having a problem, would you help me? Well, what is it? Articulate it. Be specific with God. Tell him what you need and ask him. You pray about it and you believe in your heart that you're going to receive it and you receive it. So I want to give a specific illustration about this, uh, maybe in the life of the body of Christ, in the life of this church. And I, I don't want to embarrass anybody, so I'm going to maybe use some distant uh, examples of of this happening, but I do want to tell you that we see this happen even today. There have been times when we have had specific needs in this church where we've needed people 
that had specific abilities, gifts, callings. And maybe the story I'll tell is from years ago uh, when, Bev, you were praying for a drummer. We, we had a set of drums that were sitting unused. And Bev was praying, and I think you said, we got three drummers. At one point, we had three drummers. We, we now have two drummers. We're down one. But that was specific answer, a specific prayer request and a specific answer. And I have seen God do that time and time again. I have seen God uh, in my own personal life meet needs, a provision, times that we stepped out in faith, not knowing where it was going to take us, not knowing if we were going to fall flat in our faces, and seeing God provide and look after us and care for us. There have been many, many times that we just see God come through. So when you pray, articulate your desire. When you ask God for something, be specific about what you're desiring and turn your desires into prayer. Turn your desires into prayer. Prayer is a simple act of asking God, speaking out our desire, telling him what it is, and in faith believing that we'll receive. And believe that you'll receive. So when you come to the altar and you want prayer, be specific. If your foot's hurting, ask for prayer for your foot. We'll pray for your foot. We'll ask God to heal your foot. And I say that because I've actually done that. I was having a problem with my feet about 50, well, 20, 25 years ago, and I, I went to the altar and said, my feet are hurting. They're killing me. And God answered the prayer, and he says, well, why don't you take off your size 9 shoes because you've got a size 11 feet, and God will heal you. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that. But God did heal. And there have been many, many times that, that I've seen God specifically answer specific prayers. So pray specifically. Second point I want to make this morning is perform miracles. Perform miracles. Are miracles still for today? See, a lot of people don't believe they are. And they'll say something like this, and it sounds kind of reasonable. Well, we have the Word of God today. We have the revealed Word of God today. And God has established the church, and so... God doesn't need to perform miracles because he's got everything fixed up. It was all leading to that, and we got that, and now we don't need miracles. I don't happen to believe that way at all. When I look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And some of those gifts are the gifts of tongues, gift of prophecy, gift of interpretation of tongues, uh, gifts of the uh, discernment of spirits, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I see these gifts in operation often. And we can oftentimes have these gifts in operation uh, in the context of a worship service, but it could be something in your everyday life where the gifts of the Spirit are just at work. It can happen in your child rearing. I believe that God wants to be supernaturally involved in, in, in raising our kids. I believe there are times that God will give parents knowledge about what's going on in their kids' lives, and they'll be able to speak into that and help those kids and help them grow. 
Well, one of the gifts that's listed is the gift of miracles. I don't believe for a minute that the gift of miracles is, is no longer existence or needed in the church. Now, maybe in Canada, it's not as, as prevalent or needed, but in, in, in places where there's heavy persecution, Christians are going through terrible things. They might need miraculous deliverance. They might, need to, they might need medical help because they can't get medical help. They might need to pray for someone to be raised from the dead. They might need food. And so miracles are happening around the world. And miracles are happening in Canada. They still happen. And so we need to pray for miracles. If you are in a, a particularly tough spot, if you are in an, an impossible situation, if you are in a pickle God, God can perform miracles. So don't be afraid to pray for miracles. Don't be afraid when you look at your bills and you've got more month than you've got money to pray. Pray for a miracle. If you've got no business coming in, pray for a miracle. Pray that God will do it. And I, I like to tell this story because I'll, I'll never forget it. Some of you have heard it. Some of you haven't. But I remember trying to to uh, get into northern Saskatchewan. I was in sales for a couple of years. I was trying to get into northern Saskatchewan into some of these reserves and do some business there. They were open for business. They were looking for people to serve them. But I couldn't find the right key to the right door. I couldn't get in. And one day after praying, a guy walked into my office and handed me a contract for $150,000. And that that one answered prayer led to $3 million in business that that company had that continued on even after I left and went back into the church. So you see, God answers prayers and he performs miracles. And that was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle. So God answers prayers. God performs miracles. And so when we look at chapter 14, verse 12, it says that we're supposed to be able to do even more than Jesus did. So that whatever we ask in his name, it says he'll do. We can expect him to do it. And so God performs miracles. Don't be afraid to ask for, and don't be afraid to expect supernatural intervention to natural situations. Let me say that again. Don't be afraid to expect supernatural intervention to natural situations. God has solutions. And don't doubt the fact that God can supernaturally intervene in your home, in your family, in your business, in your schoolwork. Don't doubt that God can do it. Pray for miracles. Make it a daily practice to pray for miracles. And maybe if, if you want to make it even more fun, put, put those prayer requests at the back of your journal, the things you prayed for, and then you can later on uh, put the answered prayer in there. Third thing I want to talk about today is preach the word. Preach the word. So Jesus goes through this whole thing of... of um, performing miracles and healing Peter's mother-in-law. And then he's trying to get away from these people. And they come to him, and, and they're, they're trying to get him to keep doing stuff for him. And he says, no, no, i got to go to other places. i got to preach the word there. I, that's what I've been sent to do. That's what I've been sent to do, is to preach. Preach the kingdom of God. Preach the word. 
The significance of the good news that Jesus is talking about here is this. The good news lasts. Every person that Jesus healed eventually died. Right? Um, They might have been healed of of cancer, but they eventually died. Uh, Every person that he opened blind eyes, eventually they died. So all of these miracles eventually ended in death. The difference is, with the good news, it always ends in life. It ends in eternal life. And, and yet we, we oftentimes will say, well, you know, telling somebody about Jesus is a lot easier than praying for them to be healed. That's maybe the wrong way to look at it. So Jesus, Jesus puts a cap on it. And he says, no, I've been sent to proclaim the good news, to preach the good news. Because that has eternal significance. And so, the, the good news is this, that Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus came to take your sins away, to forgive your sins. And by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, saying, Jesus, come into my life, forgive my sins, be my Savior, you have eternal life. And so heaven is loaded with all of these people and some of them are going to, would, would probably say, if you were to go up and interview them, would say, well, yeah, I was healed through life. That was good. Um, but the greatest thing that ever happened to me was the day I gave my life to Jesus. I'm here today because I gave my life to Jesus. I'm here today because I responded to the good news. And that's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm in heaven now forever and ever because I heard the good news and I responded to it. Every one of us need to respond to the good news, the message of salvation. That's your ticket to heaven. That's your assurance of eternal salvation. As we look at John chapter 20, verse 21. John chapter 20, verse 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, if you watch the news t- this week, you will notice that uh, a, a particular ambassador spoke out of turn, didn't represent the government well, didn't represent the country well, and by the end of this week, he was no longer the ambassador. When you are an ambassador to a country, you are always that ambassador. You are always on. You can never you know, say, well, you know, it's my day off. I'll just say what I I think about such and such a thing. No, you're always on. You are always a representative of that country. And there's never a time that you can just speak tongue-in-cheek or make some glib comment because people are listening to you because you are an ambassador of another nation. And that's what it's like for us as believers. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, we're always on. And we're always representing Jesus. And wherever we go, we represent Jesus. So walk in that confidence. If you, if you are in a situation and, and there is somebody you see that, that has a great need, you can walk in the confidence that I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And with such, I have been empowered. I have the authority through Jesus Christ to pray for them to pray that they'll be healed, to pray for a miracle, because I am an ambassador of the God Most High. And I'm always on. And I'm always ready. 
And I, when, I, when I speak, when I pray, I'm doing it as, as an ambassador of Christ. And walk in that confidence. Walk in that assurance that God can use you at any time, in any situation, to do the miraculous. Remember that you're sent. And so as I close this morning, this is, this is really the greatest miracle that we can experience, is bringing the spiritually dead to life. That's the greatest miracle. And that's what ambassadors are able to do. And so as I close this morning, I want to just encourage you that whatever you desire, what's on your heart, what's your need, what's your need? What, what is it you want? What are you dealing with in your life? Bring it to God and be specific. Talk to him about it. Believe that he can do it. When you bring it to God, believe that he has the solution, that he has the answer. And pray for it. Pray for it to happen. And Jesus says you'll receive. Jesus says you'll receive. And it can be in natural situations. It can be in situations. Na- that, that God works supernaturally. We have all kinds of natural situations that have arisen in this church, natural needs. And we've committed those things to prayer and see God answer. And some of you sitting here today, I want to tell you, you're an answer to prayer. You're here because God put you here. You're here because God ordained it to be so. And you're here because God put you here. And you're where you're supposed to be when you're at work. God puts you there. In lives of other people, God puts you there. And God wants to use you. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Thanks for listening to Christian Life Assembly's Message of the Week. Be sure to check us out at clawinnipeg.org for more information.